Welcome to Too Smart for This, a podcast dedicated to knowing better and doing better for ourselves and others, hosted by me, Alexis Barber. In this show, we invite real people and experts to share their stories about how they navigate an ever-demanding society and talk about the personal decisions we make from career to health and wellness. Let's get into it. everyone and welcome to another episode of Too Smart for This. My name is Alexis Barber and today I am so excited to answer a few of your questions about career, budgeting, and my move to New York City. So I am very excited to talk about all of these things because you all have had so many questions. I want to preface this by saying I know that I was I am trying to start a YouTube channel. So I tried making a video where I film myself answering a bunch of these questions and I look at the footage with this camera that I just spent hundreds of dollars on and I looked bad. I really didn't like it. And so I am sticking with podcasting for now, but I will be uploading vlogs starting next week. And I'm really excited for that. And once I figure out a better camera setup, these podcasts that are solo episodes will then turn into both a video and an audio version. So for now, I'm going to continue with my tried and true podcasting, but you can expect YouTube videos to come very soon. I love this content creation stuff so much. I've been having such a ball on TikTok where I've been really enjoying sharing more about my job, career, and like little days in my life. And I think YouTube will help me to sort of show like more of the realities of what it's like to be 22, live alone in New York, and be working at a major tech company. So let me get started with a few of these questions. Um, I will preface this by saying for Friday, I'm probably going to do a Q&A more about dieting and um, my experience with MS. So look out for that if you're interested in that too. So here we go. Tips for moving to New York City, apartment hunting and things I wish I knew. Um, moving to New York, definitely a good time to do it right now because like, as the vaccine rolls out, it will eventually be normal, but the rents are still low so you can lock in a good deal. I would say negotiate your rent. So for me, I looked I knew exactly what I wanted, which was a studio in downtown Brooklyn, close to Trader Joe's and Target, with a bathtub, washer dryer in unit, and a closed kitchen. That's everything I want. I wanted the big windows. I wanted a luxury building, and I knew I would be able to afford it. So I looked for that on Street Easy for under my budget, which was two thousand, and I found a bunch of different buildings. I called every single one of them. You have to be comfortable calling places. It's a skill in life that I will say again and again. Like if you have to be comfortable on the phone asking. Asking for what you need. So I called like three of the buildings who all were giving different deals. Um, this building that I live in now, I had a friend from college live in. So it was really easy for me because I knew that like the building was obviously trustworthy. And so even though they required more of an upfront cost as opposed to the other buildings uh, that I called, they were the nicest and most kind. So for me, that was most important too. Like all the other buildings I called, they were basically like, fuck you. Like they were just like very rude. And like, even if I they were going to give me like a thousand dollar Visa gift card, if someone's going to be rude to me on the phone, I don't want to live there because that means they might not take care of their residents very well. So there's that. 
Um, I don't think there's anything I wish that I knew, but I do think I underestimated how much I would miss being in the park. If you don't know, I lived in St. Louis before this um, when I moved home to be closer to my family and I lived right across from Forest Park, which is stunning. And I miss, I would take walks there like twice a day. It was the best. And so now it's kind of hard um, to not be near too much nature. But I think like when my boyfriend moves here next week, and as things get warmer, we'll take some trips in upstate, some, some something like that. I don't know. Um, budgeting for a cross-country move, I would also definitely say, like, just add more money. I ended up taking out of my savings, and I'm upset about it, and it's because it was really expensive. But having a space where I'm happy, if, if I'm going to spend 99% of my life here, is really important. Okay, so now let's get into my job. I'm so interested in product marketing. Could you talk a little bit more about your role and how you got your job? How did you secure your job at Google? Please tell me how to get a job. How did you land your dream job? Everyone is very concerned about this. So I will tell you my story of how I got my job. And then I also have recently gotten, since I've gotten so many questions about this, I've set up a portal where you can book time with me for 45 minutes where you and I can talk about your dream job. And then we will work through a specific plan on how to get it based on what your goals are and what your age is. So the reason I add the age in there is because right now, if you want my exact job at Google, it's going to be hard to get if you're not a minority who is a sophomore in college. Like it starts there, the pipeline does. So if you are a postgrad, for example, and you're interested in working in this industry, I can give you tips for that too, since I am on the inside. But either way, alexisbarber.com slash consultations if you want that. Either way, moving on. This is my story with my job. So I was a freshman in college at Northwestern where I chose to go because I wanted to be a journalist. I um, had watched Being Mary Jane. <laughs> and that's honestly what it is. And it felt like the perfect combination of being glamorous, but also bringing truth to the people, I guess. Um, I was very into activism when I graduated high school in 2016. So I get to Northwestern. I'm like living my little life and I hate journalism so much. I did not like it. Um, and then Donald Trump got elected. So I was like, you know what, girl, I'm out. I got to go. So I switched to another major before eventually settling on political science and entrepreneurship. But I essentially didn't, I say all this to say, I did not know that there were jobs in business per se. Like I knew that there was doctors, lawyers, engineers, and then for some reason, journalists, but I had never been exposed to the idea of there being bankers. I didn't know what consulting was. Like, even though my best friend in high school, Grace, she always wanted to be a consultant. She would talk about that. I never really asked what it was. Like, I did not know. So I learned about that because my best friend in college, he works in consulting and he like uh, really pushed me through a lot of this business stuff. And he was like, you should apply to this. You should apply to this. So we essentially ended up applying to things together, which was great. But I was in, in college. Um, I think it's also important to say like what I did and what I was interested in in college and then my work experience so that you can understand how important that all was leading up to getting my job at Google. So in college, I was a poli-sci major. I had over a 3.5 GPA the whole time. I think that's really important to note. You really, I think it's much harder if you're below a 3.5 to get into top companies. So if you're in college, definitely focus on the grades because the GPA is 
it's not a make it or break it, but it's like, it's like if they'll look at it and if there's a red flag and there's someone else who has your same accomplishments and your GPA is lower, like guess who's getting thrown out, you know? So then I also was the head of a club called the Global Engagement Summit, which is a entrepreneurship conference. And I was also recruitment chair of my sorority, but abolish Greek life, hate to see it. Anyway, that all aside, I think it's very important to note that I had all of that happening and I was at a top 10 school. So it was very, I was in the target audience for this internship. Furthermore, I was in this thing called multiple not multiple. I was in this thing called Management Leadership for Tomorrow, which is a career prep program that you apply to in your sophomore year and you're admitted at the end of your sophomore year. And in the course of that program, you have a coach, you do monthly assignments, and you go to conferences with other black and brown youth your age who are interested in a job in business. And what MLT does is they have relationships with tons of top companies from P&G to Google to Facebook to all these and to all the consulting companies. And so they connect these this diverse talent with with these people. So if you don't go to a top 20 or 30 school and you're not going to be in the target audience for like a place like Google or BCG or something like that, MLT will be your biggest help. So that all aside, I did an internship in the fall of my sophomore year at Northwestern purely out of impulsivity because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I ended up getting matched with a jewelry company called Dana Rebecca Designs in Chicago. And I did marketing and basically sales for them. And I fell in love with working. I met one of my biggest inspirations and mentors, Annie, who is the best. And I also was exposed to the world of marketing, sales, jewelry, and I worked in a completely like pretty much female-dominated environment. So it was everything from learning cu- customer service to learning how to be professional to writing emails to pr- like I hosted one of their first blogger parties and it was everything from that. It was incredible and I loved it and that sort of sold me on working in business. So then the um, spring of my sophomore year, I applied to work at uh, Accenture and consulting so I could get more of like understanding what I wanted to do. And I got that internship. And then after my summer at Accenture, I went to my first MLT conference. And that is where I met someone who is in the APMM program at Google. So the APMM program is a two and a half year rotational program where you essentially spend your first 18 months on one team. And then your second 18 months, you can apply to different roles in the company and you spend 12 months working on whatever project you're you get matched with in that second rotation there are also two three-week trips that you go on to a different area of the of the world and there's a lot of community it's like a beautiful however none of that is really happening right now because it's a pandemic which makes the job a lot less interesting and fun but i would definitely say that it um I was very enticed to it because the person who I met at MLT, he did his second rotation in Nigeria, helping small and medium businesses get on Google ads in in Africa. And I found that to be really exciting. So I dedic- I, even if I didn't get the internship, I really wanted to do this program full time because I wanted the opportunity to work abroad since I didn't get the opportunity to study abroad in college because of my MS. So I essentially jumped on that. I applied to the to the role and I got the internship. I interned for three three months in New York City and then I re-interviewed at the end of the internship and got my full-time offer in October of my senior 
year. So that's how it worked out for me. Those are all the things that I had to get in. But I would say um, for you, if you're in college and if you're postgrad, it's going to be a very different story. So check out my little TikTok videos I did about this and also just like set up time with me or DM me if you have any more questions about that. So then what is my financial tips for people in their early 20s and budgeting. So people want to know a lot about budgeting and how to make money in tech. Well, I feel like there's a lot of money in tech, so honestly, there's a lot. So essentially, budgeting when you on when you start making big girl money and then people want to know why I moved to New York. So budgeting is something that I've struggled with a lot. A lot of you know that I grew up in a very low-income family. I um have I'm also the oldest of eight kids. So anytime if my family even was making a lot of money, I would still be, it's still a lot of money to take care of eight children. Um, So I was lucky enough to get scholarships to private schools and scholarship to college. So I was able to get a great education and lift myself out of that um, low income household. But it means that it's a very different financial situation for me to be making six figures than it is for someone who maybe it doesn't have as many siblings or someone who has their parents paying for anything. So since I was 17 years old, my parents paid for my phone while I was in college, but that was it. They would send me money if I was like desperate for it, but like that was it. I, my mom gave, me AirPods last year is probably like the only gift or one of the only gifts I've really gotten from my family and and like something that I would have bought that I didn't buy myself. I pay for everything myself and I think learning how to do that when I you have expensive taste, when you're used to spending um, whatever money you get because you don't know a lot about saving. It's a lot. I mean, it's hard because you grow up and you watch your parents have this like toxic relationship with money. And now I'm just trying really hard not to repeat that while also living the life that I want to live. And like when it comes to content creation, for me, like this is a lot, it's a lot of upfront costs and like brands don't always pay you for like 90 days afterwards. So it's like even buying the microphone for this, like came out of my like grocery budget basically, you know? So I would say that um, I just want to put that out there because I don't have my parents paying my rent. I have to think about this all myself. And so here are the things that I live by when I am budgeting. And so the first one is the basic tenets of what you're supposed to do when you have money. So the first is to pay off your all your debts. The second is to build an emergency fund. The third is to is to plan for retirement. And then the fourth is to invest. So where I am, I'm still in the one and two parts of the journey of paying off debt and building an emergency fund. And I will be done with that, I think, by the end of March. And then in April is when I hope to start getting into investing. And while I'm paying off debts um, and building my emergency fund, I'm obviously contributing to retirement because Google gives the, one of the best retirement um, matches. So like I contribute the maximum every year, which really cuts into my paycheck. I will say that, but it is worth it because it's free money and it's really important. And I also max out my HSA every year because I have a lot of medical costs. I'm getting Invisalign, which is really expensive. Um, and I have MS. So like my deductible has to be fully in there because one of my treatments is like $30,000. So very important for that. So 
That is what I, where I'm at right now. So your emergency fund needs to be three to 12 months of expenses. And I can honestly say having that in the bank is the biggest, biggest, biggest sense of peace. Because if you grew up without money, knowing that you have something to fall back on if something happens is a foreign feeling. And it is incredible. It will change the game of how you think about money. But the biggest issue there is not wanting to spend it, you know? So you need to lock that shit away from you. It needs to go in like a high yield savings account very far away and needs to be automated. And I will get into automation because that is how I manage my money on a day to day. In terms of paying off debt, student loans, we hate to see it. I don't have a lot of student loans. I'm very lucky, but don't pay that till October. I'll say that, but I'm not a financial advisor. Don't listen to me. Then I would say, um, so retirement, all that stuff, very important. And then I'll get into investing, hopefully, in like the second quarter of this year. And I'll talk more about that. But yeah, I mean, I got to say, the truth of the matter is, if you want to be rich, making, okay, I make six figures right now. I'm not rich. Making six figures is a lot of money. Yes, it is. I still, I don't necessarily live paycheck to paycheck anymore, but I still like, run out of my grocery budget, whatever, at the end of the month. Like I don't, I can't buy designer things like yet at least. Like it still takes a while to figure out how to manage all your money. But the only way to like make money, the only way to be rich or have what you want is to make more money. Like you can't like save, you can't save your way to like a million dollar retirement. Like you have to really like be strategic about the way you plan these things out. And you also have to be like, you have to just make more. Like I wish I could, I'm not going to like sit here and be like a cat, like tell you that capitalism is not rigged. Like it is. And if you want to be rich, you have to make more, you have to buy assets and you have to invest it. So that's the T and that's what I'm on my way to doing right now. And it's extremely scary. Even saying that out loud gives me heart palpitations because I feel like the narrative I've had around money my whole life is that there's not enough of it. And like having it is impossible for me. So now that I do, I feel like I can self-sabotage a lot. So let's talk about how I'm dealing with that, which is my budgeting every day. So uh, the book I will teach you to be rich by Ramit is literally the best thing ever if you don't want to think about your money. I'm someone who doesn't want to think about it. I just want it to work for me. I want to buy whatever I want. I want to go to brunch and I don't want to think about it, you know? So I read this book in 2019 before I was making any money and I modeled my budget for postgrad off of it, which is really helpful except for the fact that we're in a pandemic. I lost few thousand dollars last year in a scam. And so things are a little bit tighter than I would like them to be. And I'm just being honest. I'm not going to sit here and act like I manage my money super, super well. Like I messed up last in, in, in September and accidentally like lost most of my savings, which was really embarrassing and really sucked. And it's the reason I'm not at the place I want to be right now, but I'm getting there. And I've made the choice to prioritize living on my own in a new city because that's what I needed for me. So moving on, on the daily, when it comes to automating finances, I do these things. So I have three checking accounts and one high yield savings account. I use Wealthfront. For my checking accounts, I use Capital One because it is a zero. They don't have any fees. And when I signed up, I got $400. Stunning. Then, so I have three checking accounts. I have my main one where all my direct deposit hits, and that is my bills checking account. So all my bills are automated, automated to come out there between the first and the fifth of the month. And then I have two other checking accounts. One is for my spending. So I once a month transfer from the main checking account to the savings one all the money that I would use to either like 
pay off my credit card bills where I would get my like grocery and like living expenses from or I just use that debit card if like I feel if I need to because my credit limits are not as high to like pay for all my expenses all the time. So like don't want to ever spend more than 30% of your credit limit, which like sometimes you got to do it, but like you never want to do that um, or it'll mess with your credit score. So my third checking account is my sinking funds. Now sinking funds are a game changer. Okay. So for me, I was always like, I'm saving all this money, but then when the thing happens that I want to do, I spend it because and then I don't have a savings anymore. So you have two types of savings. There is your emergency fund savings, which you don't touch unless there is like a natural disaster. And then there is your sinking funds, which are things you know you're going to want later. So you put aside a bit of your money every month so that when you it comes time to pay for those things, you're not spending out of your usual spending. So for me, I have sinking funds for a few things for travel, which is like either to Rwanda with Jeff or going home to visit my family four times a year, which is my goal, and um, sort of any sort of travel really. And then I have one for my relationship. So for me and Jeff, like buying him gifts. And then I also have one that's for like like potentially any other trips that I like might want to go on. So I would say that like those are all things that I know I'm going to spend money on. So like for example in April I hope to go see my family. So that's not going to come out of my April spending. That's going to come out of my sinking funds account because I already knew I was planning on doing that. So those are my three checking accounts. They're very it's very helpful to have a sinking fund situation. And then um I also have a savings account that has automatic transfer too. So setting up the automatic transfer is probably the best thing ever. <laughs> Love to see it. So that'll really help you not touch it. And then that way you just live with your credit cards and your, and your spending. And then you don't think about your bills getting paid. You don't have to think about, you know, figuring out like if you're going to want to buy your buy a plane ticket this week or next week when you get paid. Like you don't have to think about it that anymore because you just focus on what's in your spending account and that's what you have for the moment. And you make that decision for the whole month. That's how I manage my money. Um, and yeah, so I basically have two paychecks a month. One of them is pretty much goes almost all to rent. And the other one is for my spending and bills and stuff. And that's sort of how I do it. So I hope that that really helps with budgeting. Um, some people have also said what, they also want to know why did I move to New York? The apartment is bomb. Thank you. Appreciate it. So New York City, um, why did I choose here over other cities? So I interned in New York for Google and I really loved it when I was here. And I also just, um, I'm placed in New York technically. So when we go back to work, I will be in the New York office at least until March of 2022. So I also could just I'm someone who loves um, looking at apartments. So when I whenever I was stressed, specifically during the election of 2020, I was looking at apartments and I found just really great deals. And I was like, I want to go here. I want to be able to take my content creation to the next level. Yes, that was a part of it. And I also just want to be around my friends. All my friends, some of the closest people to me lived in New York. The rest of them lived in Chicago. And like, yes, moving to Chicago would have been cheaper and it would have been closer to my family. But it just felt like I would be regressing if I stayed in Chicago because it it was where a lot of my personality was like stifled because of the college environment that I was in. So 
I would say that it the reason I chose here over other cities was because it's just like the most me. I can't drive. I don't want to drive, so I didn't want to go to LA. I do miss nature a little bit, but I think at, at my at my core and at least in this point of my life, like I need to be in New York. So I chose to come to New York. And so I'm really happy that I did choose to do so. I'm really happy that I'm here because it's like today I have two sets of friends I need to go see and like that never would have happened in St. Louis. So a little bit of background on why this happened is I graduated from college in June 2020. I was under the impression that I would be placed somewhere in San Francisco. I already had a roommate in Sa- that I was going to live with in San Francisco, but we knew we weren't going to back to the office until January. So I moved to New York in July to sublet a friend's apartment because my boyfriend was there. And so I figured I would just work from that apartment up until we went back in in January. And two weeks after I moved to um, San Francisco to sublet my apartment, um, two weeks after I moved there, Google's like, we're not going back until July 2021. So I was like, all right, it's just simply not necessary for me to do this. Like I need to just go ahead and like um, stay. I need to just go ahead and like um, go. They all live here. So it just made more sense. Um, if you know about my sorority that I was in, every one of my sororities from New York, it just makes more sense for me to be here. I found a great deal. I feel like I'm going to be close to all the people who matter most to me. And my boyfriend's moving here next month to live with one of his best friends because his best friends all live out here. So it made a lot of sense. And in terms of I got a really great deal. I'm really happy about it. Do I know if I'll stay here the rest of my life? No clue. But that's where we're at right now. So that is it for today's Q&A. On Friday, I'm going to be talking all about my experience with dieting, having MS, how I got into content creation, and my tips for content creation as well. So definitely listen in for that one. And don't forget, you are too smart to not love yourself. Thank you so much for listening to the Too Smart for This podcast. Be sure to leave a review if you liked it. It takes two seconds. And follow the show on Instagram at Too Smart for This Pod. Check back every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes. And make sure to follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Alexis Barber for more content about lifestyle, health, and career. And don't forget, you're too smart to not love yourself.